Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, today we're talking about how to have a full life in God's hands. How to have a full life in God's hands. Uh, as I was preparing this week, um, we're not necessarily on any type of series or anything like that at this point. You know, I'm just, I constantly want to hear from the Lord. What does he want to say? And then I want to give you not my words, but his words every single day. I don't want it to be missed, right? I want to give you his words, not my words. I want to, I want to let his anointing pass through. It's not mine that I own or that generated with me. No, it's his and uh, as I was praying this week, uh, the Lord just led me to read through uh, Peter. And when I hit chapter 4, the Lord said, that's what I want you to minister on Sunday. I said, okay, awesome. So we're going to look at each verse here in chapter 4. And, and the title again is How to Have a Full Life in God's Hands. A Full Life in God's Hands. And uh, when we're looking at 1 Peter 4, before we even jump in, the first thing that I want you to look at is... Let's talk quickly about suffering and persecution. Oh, joy. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. You know, suffering and persecution. Did you know that you're going to have both of those things? You're going to have both of them. Now, you know, I'm, in, I'm in a church that believes in faith. I'm going to say some things, and now watch. My initial statement may be like, you, you might think, oh, uh-uh, nah, nah, preacher, no, no, no. But hold, hold on, hold on, I hadn't lost faith. Just, just give me a second to explain, okay? And then for, I'm going to start right out of the gate with suffering and persecution. Because sometimes you'll see people that'll, that'll say, no, I'm not, I'm not having any persecution. Well, then Jesus lied. Because he said, you'll have persecution. In this life, you'll have persecution. In Mark chapter 10, you'll have, it shows us that when you're blessed, you'll have persecution as well. And, and then he tells us to suffer with Christ. So obviously there's something here. But now watch this, and this is where it's important, and this is where our faith comes in. The title of the message, again, is how to have a full life. Now what, but I said it specifically, in God's hands. So yeah, you'll have suffering and persecution, but here's what I want you to understand. It's not the stereotypical suffering and persecution that most people have been taught. Most, most people have been taught a worldly version of suffering and persecution. And in the end, the worldly version says, well, you're just going to have to go through it and put up with it and, and good luck. You know, and, and that's how the world approaches it. That's not how the Bible approaches it, but many times because of a uh, lack of understanding of some of the promises of God, what we've done is we've taken this worldly idea that we have to pay for our sins because we don't know the revelation of our righteousness and we have, yeah, suffering persecution. I'm just going to have to go through it. I'm just going to have to put up with it but not knowing how to get ourselves in God's hands, go through suffering and persecutions, and not even feel some of it. Not even feel some of it. We're going to, I want to talk to you about that first, because it's important to understand that before we go into the rest of this chapter. So let's talk about, so from a biblical perspective, I'm not going to break this down and take you all over the Bible to show you this. I'm just going to give you a, a background information. Persecution is basically 
harassment, and hear this, from the world, from the world because of Jesus. Persecution is harassment from the world because of Jesus. Now, some people would say we are not in persecution in the American church. That's not actually true. That, that we are in persecution. A matter of fact, we're in persecution more today than we have been. But what most people count persecution is when they're dragging us out of the homes, taking us to cut our heads off and stuff like that. See, that's actually what's called in Acts great persecution. So great persecution, and it says when they started pulling them out of the homes, in Acts it says, and then there began a great persecution of the church. Okay, So you have persecution, then you have great persecution. In America, we're not in great persecution yet. Okay, but one of the things that we see is like around the world, I can tell you in Nigeria, they're in great persecution. In northern Nigeria, they're in great persecution. So persecution is what the world or the people of the world does to a Christian. Okay, it comes from the world. It's a harassment on some level from the world. And we know this, that the world is going to harass us simply because... We're believers, okay? Suffering is different. Have you ever wondered, like, are they the same? Are they different? Suffering is different, and you're actually going to be able to see this in this chapter. Suffering, and, and bear with me on this definition, and you'll understand it even more later. Let me just say that suffering is the hardships of being in the world, but that's not the full definition, okay? I'm going to give you the full biblical look at it and biblical definition of it. Suffering is the hardships because we're in the world. Okay. So, for example, uh, we've had multiple people that have been attacked with some sickness over the last couple of months. You know. So we and we've seen you know a lighter crowd because of it and everything. That's that's actually a suffering because you're in a corrupted world. Right? That, in other words, you have, you're in the world but not of the world and there are things that are going to try and attack you. What you do with persecution and suffering is actually very, very important. Okay? In other words, I may be in this world because... And how many people have ever been tempted with sin in their life? Anybody besides me? <laughs> that one too. Anybody been tempted with sin besides me? That's a suffering. That's a suffering. It's a hardship because of being in this world, okay? That, in other words, it's things that come because you're in the world. Now, I want you to hear the full biblical definition. That's the basis of it, but it's not the full definition. God's got a plan to deal with persecution and suffering. So here's the full definition from the word when you take the full word into context. Suffering is a spirit-led life overcoming perceived hardships derived from going, by going through this life of fleshly corruption. Okay? Now, let me go over it again because I know everybody called it the first time, but you know, maybe there's somebody online that didn't. Okay? Um, suffering is... A spirit-led life, a spirit-led life 
This is, this is the suffering that Jesus wants to, us to go through. And you're going to see it even in this chapter. A spirit-led life, not a flesh-lived life, but a spirit-led life that's overcoming perceived hardships. Now, I say perceived for a reason, and I'll show that to you in a minute. In other words, there's hardships to somebody who's not walking in the Spirit. But for somebody who's walking by the Spirit, it'll look like a hardship, but that person won't experience it on the same level. Right? Think, and we've talked about this before, think about the disciples. the thing what was the perception of the disciples in the boat what was the perception of the disciples in the boat here let me just give you a short version of it oh my goodness we're gonna die okay that was the perception of the disciples what was the perception of Jesus he's at peace he's at rest both are both are suffering according to the world's definition. Jesus was suffering according to the biblical definition. We're going to see this in this chapter, okay? And then he says this. I said, a spirit-led life overcoming perceived hardships derived from going through. Heart, suffering is from going through this life of flef, fleshly corruption or through a corrupted world. Now, let me give you a couple of scriptures, Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So he's saying, if you're suffering in this world, come to me, I'll relieve the pressure. Now, he didn't say, hey, well, we're, the next scripture is John 17, 13 through 16, and he says this, he says, I don't ask you, Father, to take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. 
So he didn't say he was going to remove you from the suffering. What he said, and see, this is where people mess it up. Some people get into uh, when they're first beginning and learning faith. Some people say, well, God's God's going to keep me out of every situation. That's not true. That's not true. That's not what he promised. No, you will be in the world, but you won't be of it. That's the difference. I'll be in it, and to somebody looking on with fleshly eyes, it looks hard and heavy. But for just like if, if you were standing on the shore looking at the boat through some binoculars, and you saw, you'd see Jesus and the disciples out on that deck. And if you were standing on the storm on the shore looking at a demonic storm, you'd be going, whoo, they in a jam. They're in a jam. They're, they're in trouble. So with fleshly eyes, it looks like they're in hardship. They're suffering. They might might not make it out of this. They're in hardship. But that wasn't the truth. That wasn't the reality. They were both on that boat. Yes, the disciples had it hard. Jesus had it easy. Jesus had it easy. Look at this now. So in other words, Jesus isn't going to save you from the situations by taking you out of it. He's going to save you from the situation by in the middle of it, empowering you with a supernatural grace to bring about a different result. Remember what I said last week. A lot of people have this idea of going into the wilderness as I got to go out into the wilderness and suffer, a worldly kind of suffer. No, you go out into the wilderness to overcome it, to bring an oasis to it. That's why you go out there. See, this mindset and this shift in our thinking changes everything. In other words, now I'm not afraid to go into suffering. I'm not afraid to go into ghettos. I'm not afraid to go into hardship because I know I'm bringing something with me. And while it may look to others like it's hard and heavy, I'm bringing the anointing of the Holy Ghost to change it, turn it around, and make it easy and light. So Can you see how most people have talked about persecution and suffering different? This is is how the Bible Bible talks about it. All right, now watch. Matthew 11, 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In other words, come to me, you who are suffering in a corrupted world, and I will relieve the burden. He didn't say I'd take you out of it. I'll relieve the burden. It'll be like you're not carrying it. If we're, if we're operating the right way. I said this many, many times before. Uh, it's been a while since I've said it. But a symptom that we don't have things right is that it's hard and heavy. If I find I'm going through life and all of a sudden I feel hard and heavy, that's, a, that's an indicator to me. That's like a spiritual alarm clock that goes, check my life, make sure I, I, I'm missing something. Because Jesus said, if I'll come to him, either I haven't come to him or I haven't received the way he wants me. Because if I'll come to him, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so if it's not easy and light, it's an indicator and a symptom something's off track. Okay? Now, look at this. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Look now at John 17, verse 13 through 16. But now I come to you, 
Jesus is praying to the Father. But now I come to you, and these things I speak in the world so that they, the people of God, may have my joy made full in themselves. How can you be in, in a worldly description of persecution and suffering and have his joy made full if you feel all the pressure of it? So see, there's a revelation here. There's, there's an understanding here that God, God somehow, through his grace, gets us a supernatural relief of that pressure, even in the midst of it. And see, when God can get believers that will stand up for this and stand in the middle, all of a sudden he's got a bunch of light bears that will go in. They're willing now when they understand persecution and suffering and God's supply in it, they're willing to go into a darkness, plant the, the light of God and, and say, you know, darkness. You've got no right here. Jesus is Lord of this place. Jesus is Lord of this house. Jesus is Lord of this city. You see? Now you've got all of a sudden, what if every single one of us, every believer that's here in this message, what if all of us got inside of us the, an understanding of true biblical suffering and persecution and understood that in the midst of it, even in the midst of it, we've got nothing to fear. Even in the midst of it, I have the Holy Ghost going with me. What happens if all of us get that revelation? Everything changes. So now look at the context of what Jesus is saying here in John 17. But now I come to you, Father, and these things I speak in the world so that they may have my joy made full in themselves. I'm telling them these things so that they can keep their joy even in the midst of a corrupted world. 14, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they, the believers, are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 15, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. So see, the revelation of being saved in persecution and suffering is understanding that you're in the world, but you're not of this world. You're carrying something different. You have a different design. You have a different DNA given by Christ when you were a new creation in him. You're carrying something else. You're carrying the power of God. In Ephesians, we know it as this. You have a great inheritance on the same level of resurrection power that raised Jesus from the dead. Every one of us that knows Jesus has a, an inheritance, has it on the inside right now, not waiting for it, carrying something inside of them. Amen. Then all of a sudden, you know, you start going into suffering and persecution. It doesn't phase you. Oh, well, whoop-de-doo. Oh, a new challenge. Glory to God. How's God going to win this time? It's going to be awesome. He's, he's always, thanks be unto God, who's always leading me to triumph in Christ and manifesting through us, through him, the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place, wilderness or not, persecution or not, suffering or not. These are promises. These are promises. 
So see, biblical suffering, and like I said, in 1 Peter 4, it shows you how that's defined. It says suffer, but it shows you the end results of that suffering. It shows you that it's not meant to be a weight that you just carry with no help and with no hope. It's meant to be something that you carry empowered by the glory of God coming out the other side. I'll give you a good example of this in Acts when they stoned Stephen, right? They stoned him. You know, he's sitting there in the midst of rocks flying, and he's like this. The glory comes over him, and he goes, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. You know, he's about to give his life and be the first martyr of the church. He was in the midst of suffering, great suffering, great persecution, great suffering, but yet he bears it by the glory of God. Now, if Stephen can bear that suffering with the glory of God, then we can bear some American suffering and persecution, right? That we hadn't really faced much of, but surely we can face it. Anybody agree? Shout amen. 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 All right. So now that we've talked about biblical suffering and persecution, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 1, or excuse me, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, we're going to read verse 1 and 2 here. It says, Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same purpose, because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. I want, you to, I want you to see this. I want you to see a couple of specific words in, the, in these verses. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, did Jesus win? Did he lose or did he win? He won. Now you understand that he tasted death for everyone. In other words, he had a physical taste of this suffering so that you and I could have victory through a suffering. You see what I mean? He had a taste of it so that you and I could have a victory through it. So he physically felt this pain. He physically went through it. Kind of, it looks like, unlike Stephen, who didn't really feel that. That's the way it kind of looks there in Acts. But Jesus did so that you and I didn't have to. He's the substitution. And so he's saying, if Christ was able to suffer and go through that and win, then certainly we can put on and go through the suffering and win as well. And and here's what I want you to see, knowing the definition now, putting on faith and putting on the supernatural grace of God to win in it. Okay, so he says, therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh, he is our example, he's who we follow. Look at these next two words. Arm yourselves. Well, I like this kind of speech. Arm yourselves. Take up weapons. Take up, arm yourself. In other words, if it was the worldly version of suffering, it wouldn't say arm yourself, it would say turn over and just take it. But that's not what it says. No, it says, arm yourselves. Do I have anybody in here that's going to arm yourself today? It's going to arm yourself. Living a full life in the hands of God. 
living a full life in the hands of God. Arm yourself. In other words, there's something here. There's a nugget that you can arm yourselves with, that you can prepare yourselves, that you can take on a weapon against the enemy. There's a faith. There's a grace. There's the love of God. There's something here. All right? He says, arm yourselves also with the same purpose. Same purpose of what? That Jesus suffered in the flesh. He says, arm yourself with the suffering. Now that doesn't sound like to our American mind that it works out right. Arm myself with suffering. Well, that's why you've got to know the definition of suffering. Suffering is not just taking it on the chin. Suffering is living by the Spirit in the midst of it to overcome something. Okay? Empowered by His grace. Empowered by His glory. Right? So when we arm ourselves, we're suffering in the, in the biblical sense of the word that says, I'm not, I'm not just here to let the devil take his shots. No, I'm here to bring God's grace into it, to bring God's glory into it, to have an end result, the same kind of end result that stopped a demonic storm and brought peace to it. The same power that stops a demonic storm physically, spiritually, mentally in our lives and in the people around us. No, arm yourselves and be ready. Here's what he's saying. Don't fear what the world will do to you. Remember there's a verse that says that? But fear the one who can cast you into hell. Don't fear what man can do to you. What are we arming ourselves with? We're sitting there and we're saying, it doesn't matter what I go through. It doesn't matter what I face. I've got another promise. I have a higher promise. I got an inheritance on the inside. And no matter what it looks like here, I'm going to be okay. What's the worst that can happen? The worst in physical terms, fleshly terms that can happen is we die and go to heaven. Paul says that's gain. That's the worst. The worst is, I'm done, and I go to heaven to be with him. That's a win. (laughs) That's a win. That's a win. He says, arm your... What is he telling us to do? Arm yourselves with a lack of fear about these persecutions and suffering. Don't worry about it if all of a sudden the surrounding atmosphere looks not hospitable to you. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that at all. Are you getting something out of it? He says, arm yourself with the same purpose that Jesus had because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now this is a strong, a strong thing. Arm yourself because he who has who has put on the purpose of suffering in the flesh, which, let me just remind you, I'll probably do it all day long. Suffering means winning, not turning over. Suffering means winning, not turning over. Now, sometimes winning doesn't... Our idea of winning in the flesh and God's idea of winning looks different, just like if you die, it's gain. That looks different. We've not been taught that way, most of us, all of our life. But you understand that when you cease to be in this world with all of its sufferings and all of its pressures, and all of a sudden you end up in, in the presence of God Almighty, 
And you know, no wonder many people, when they get a glimpse of the glory over there, decide, I ain't going back to that world. Right. I ain't going back there. Right. But when I say suffer, arm yourself with the winning attitude that Christ had, that no matter where I find myself, I will not just go through something, not just make it through, I will bring God's glory yeah to cause the light to shine in the middle of the suffering. So that's a totally different atmosphere. And watch this. See, when we're fearful of the sufferings, many times the end result of that is sin. Well, I'm fearful about going through this. Well, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to handle this, so I'll just, I'll just, you know, do what the world has taught me to do. Many times that's sin. And this is why he's saying, when you drop the fear because you're adopted and you have an inheritance and you know that there's a glory and an easy and light to be released if I'll put faith in God, when you drop that fear, something happens on the inside of you and you are empowered to step away from sin. Remember, a lack of faith is sin. So when we start understanding these principles, we'll step away from sin. He says the one who has armed himself with the purpose of Christ to suffer and win, because he has suffered in the flesh, he ceased from sin. In other words, he's chosen that person who's decided to winning suffering when he's chosen to do things God's way, not his. This person stopped sinning. He says, in other words, how many people in here would like to stop sinning? All the way, never have it again in your life. Then we need to get this same purpose inside of us that we're, we're going through this suffering and we're going to bring a light. We're going to cause an end to the demonic oppression that's been in an area, been in our home, been in our jobs. We're going to cause an end to the demonic oppression that's been causing bondages to the people around us. And how's that going to happen? Because we're going to go to Jesus. We're going to come to him. We're going to take his yoke, his way of doing things, his faith, his hope, his love, his joy. And in the middle of a suffering where it looks like it's really hard and heavy, we're just going to skate through with his faith. We're going to plant the light of God in a dark world and we're going to be an ambassador. I'm going to put on faith instead of shrinking back from suffering. See, that's what happens many times. We come up and we get right to the place where God's telling us to launch. We see the sufferings and then we'll shrink back from it. If you, know, if you know the story about you know, my life, just my dad was a pastor, and he was a pastor for about four years. And then uh, he and my mom, they, they got divorced after four years, right? And all of a sudden, they're sitting there, it seems like everything's going great, and then it's like the church just imploded. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that... At four years as a pastor, I felt the fear of the suffering making it through those four years. And I came right up to my third year, getting ready to go into that fourth year. I came up to that year and I'm like, if he couldn't handle it, who was my hero? Can I handle it? I don't know. I don't know. And so, see, I had the opportunity to shrink back to move into sin because of the suffering of a corrupted world. 
I'd watched that corruption happen and tear apart that church at four years old. And, and I knew that I wasn't carrying everything that I needed to carry. I don't, I don't, you don't need Brian's strength. We need God's strength going through Brian. And I came up to that third year and fourth year approaching that. I felt the fear. I felt the pressure. I felt the, am I going to make it? Because my dad didn't make it. Will you make it? I felt that. But I had to look to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm, a, I'm coming to you. I'm going to take your yoke. And I'm gonna, you know, this is going to be really simple, and it sounds like I just did this great act of faith all in this one moment. No, I spent months figuring this out, okay? It, 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 I'm going to give you the simplified short version, but it took me a longer time than just this one moment to get on top of this, right? And because sometimes you, you feel like, well, that pastor, he just, he just made that. No, it took me, you know, a good, a good while. Because the devil will take that, and then he'll try to condemn you because it took you a good while on something, Right? And so all of a sudden, here we are, and we're in this moment, and I'm, I'm saying, Lord, if I come to you, my yoke is easy. Your yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Your yoke is easy. The burden's light. If I'll just do it your way, you'll guide me through the suffering. And so we came up. Man, I didn't even hardly notice when we changed that. I, I didn't even hardly notice it. We just went right through Went right through that year. Just went right through it. Just went right through it. Like when, when we passed the market, it wasn't difficult at all. We just moved right through it. Why? Because I had seen, Lord, you'll help me in the midst of this. You'll help me in the midst of it. And he did. It's not on my power anyway. It's on yours. Lord, I need you to show up, not me. I just need to be ready to go through. And watch, all of a sudden, it was easy and light. Everything just worked just like that. God's glory came out. God's glory came out. And let me just, let me just say something. There are many distractions happening in this service, and I want them to stop now in Jesus' name. Amen? Don't pay attention to the distractions, and don't listen when the devil tries to give you a reason uh, to go to the bathroom halfway in the middle of a message. When you do that, you distract other people. And we have to be mindful not just of ourselves but others. And it's been probably 20 different things that have happened in the background. Not only is it distracting other people, but it can be distracting to me as well. We have to keep other people mindful of that, okay? But also, let's agree. See, that's more than just, just spiritual teaching real for a second. That's more, this is a, this pastor moment, Okay. That's more than just stuff has to be handled. That's an attack. That's an attack. So just agree with me right now. See, we're, we're in this together. We're on the same team. Let's just, hey, all right, okay, we recognize it. Devil, right now, we come against that attack. We come against the suffering of a corrupted world. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over every piece of equipment, over every distraction. Let it be settled now. Peace be still. Amen. Glory to God. All right, handle. All right, now, so when you see verse 2, he says, So to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. So what he's saying here is that this suffering is something that happens in the domain of the flesh. Not living by the flesh, but in a fleshly domain. 
Okay, so he says, but when we live in this fleshly domain, the proper kind of suffering doesn't live after the lust of men. The proper suffering actually comes about under the will of God. So we're not living in suffering under a lust of the flesh, but under the will of God, led by the Spirit of God. And if we live by the Spirit of God, we'll have life and peace. If we live by the Spirit of God, we'll have life and peace, Romans 8 says. But if we live by the flesh, we have death, right? So a proper suffering is when we get up to a demonic storm, we don't flip out, we remember Jesus and set our eyes on him. We remember faith. We remember his glory. We remember his power to deliver us out from Egypt, out from our sin and our sickness and disease. We remember his power. We don't focus on the suffering. We focus on our king. We focus on the Lord. Now we see that we're not living by the lust of the flesh. We're living by the spirit of God. This is a proper Suffering that's winning, not just taking it on the chin. And this is how somebody that learns to walk by the ways of God, no matter what they feel or where they find themselves, this is how they cease from sin because they know no matter what place I find myself in or what situation, God has an answer. And if I'll just look to him and set my eyes on him, everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Can you see that? But I've got to remember him in those moments. But what happens, what happens when most of the time when a situation comes up that's a suffering in the world? What happens in it? All of a sudden, right in the midst of that, of that moment, you know, the pressure comes up. Oh, my goodness, you're about to, about to lose your car. Oh, my goodness, you got a, you got a chronic a report from the doctor that's a bad report. And immediately we go, oh, oh what are we going to do? And then we get phone calls from a bunch of religious people that tell us, well, it's going to be okay and not faith, not faith. They'll go, God, but you know, God has a plan. That's not faith. That's not faith at all. No, yeah, God has a plan. It is to not bring you to any calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah 29, 11, that's the plans of God. To heal you. I am Jehovah Rapha who heals you from every disease. And so in the middle of this suffering, we set our eyes on him. We don't set our eyes on the world because the lust of the world will cause us to shrink back from faith. The lust of the world will cause us to do things to supply for ourselves, to provide for ourselves. Instead of when we look on Jesus and, and it looks like you'll have nothing. You know, even when we started the church, when we started the church, we had nothing. We weren't part of a denomination. We had no funding. We had nothing. Started in the living room. Me, Nicole, William, and Amy... We started in the living room. Y'all remember that? In the living room. For a whole year, we had 10 people. 14 months. Not a year, 14 months, certain days and everything. We were in the house. 
We had no, we didn't grow really in that. We grew spiritually, but we didn't grow in. But here's the thing. We didn't, we didn't have anything. Nothing. Now see, the lust of the world would say, oh my goodness, you can't do it. No. Oh, whoa, whoa. That's the same thing that they would have told Peter when Jesus said, come to me out on the water. Oh, you can't do it. You're going to sink. You've got no supply. I do have a supply. I got the word of God. I do have a supply. I got provision in his word. I got it. I got it. And so now, all right, yeah, what were we suffering through? No money in the bank. <laughs> That's what we were suffering through. But you know what? We won through it. Glory to God. We came out of that first year. You know, this was, I remember, I don't know if y'all remember this or not. And for the first year of preaching, they gave me a bonus at the end of the year. This was my year's salary. It wasn't really a salary because I didn't get it on a regular basis, but it was a bonus at the end of the year. $2,500 for the whole year. That was it for the whole year. I thought we made it rich. <laughs> what were we doing? We were, we were suffering. But listen, we weren't sad about that. We were happy. We started the ministry that God told us to start. We had nothing. And God showed up and he supplied. And people went by on the highway and went, what in the world's a boomerang church? And then we answered those questions. You know, and what are you doing? And, and we just kept on. We suffered biblically in the sense of it didn't hurt us. It didn't harm us. It, we, didn't have, we didn't have a salary for four years from the church. Four years, no pay. Four years. That didn't bother us. It didn't bother us. We were happy. Biblically suffering by winning. What had we done? Started a ministry that would change things around the world. Started a ministry that would change lives around the world. Licensed, ordained people. I remember just last year in Africa, in Gabon, Africa, man, they were having an ordination service. They asked me to be the speaker of it. I've never felt the power of God flow through me more than I had that day out into a man during an ordination. The, the man came up very humble, a young African man. He came up, he's getting ordained. I'm telling you, when I went to lay my hand on him, it's like the power of God shot out of my hand like that. I was like, whoa, that was real. That was real. I mean, it was something. Listen, ordaining this man into ministry to change Libreville, Gabon. Ordaining, his name's Feli, Pastor Feli. You can pray for him. Changed his life. Spoke at a conference of over 200 ministers in Nigeria and taught pastors for a whole week on leadership and getting ready, not knowing we're getting ready to go into a lockdown, prepared them with the gifts to go through, to go through over in Africa. Who would have thought 12 years ago in a living room with no money whatsoever, no backing, but we did have backing. And we did have provision. We had a word. Most people say, well, look at them. They're just getting by. We weren't getting by. We were thriving. Thriving. It might not have looked like it in the bank account, but every time we needed to pay a bill, it was there. We never lacked. We had what we need. We had even beyond that. 
It looked like it was hard if you were looking in with worldly glasses. It looked hard. But it wasn't on us because we've gotten this. No, it's easy and light. And we had a word from God and we just kept walking. We went through year one. You have 14 months apparently. And uh, then we went into a community building for about a year. And then we went into a building and the building, they were trying to sell the building. There was three months left on the lease. We were using that community building. We had a working building. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't optimum, but we had a working building. And then we said, the Lord said, I said, Lord, we need a building. We're running into some scheduling stuff. He said, yeah, go to this building. I said, I've already prayed about that building. You said no. He said, that was a year ago. Things change. And then all of a sudden he said, go to that building. I go to that building. They said, yeah, we got three months left on our lease. And then they're trying to sell it. I said, Lord, I don't want to go into this building for three months and then lose the one that's working for us and get kicked out. The Lord said, don't worry about that. Go ahead. It'll be fine. And we had a word. It looks like suffering. It looks like I don't know what's going to happen. It looks like it's suffering. It looks like it's lower. It looks like there's no provision. But no matter what we face, we have Jesus. We have his grace. We were in that building for six years till we decided to move. We went into that building, the three-month lease that we were part of, it finished, and we just kept on for six years. The only reason it ended is because we, we got a bigger promise. We got a bigger building. We got, we got a blessing, the one that God had written on our hearts. Amen. Now we've been here for four years this past Easter. I think it's four years. Yeah, so here it is. All of a sudden you start to see God provides. And if you were looking on, if you saw the finances at some point, I remember, I remember going up to some meetings and uh, I, there was one particular meeting. It was up in Virginia. It was a long way away. It was hard for me to get there. But the Lord had told me to be wherever Pastor J.B. Whitfield was that year. And so I said, Lord, I'm going to go. You tell me to go. I'm going. Well, we, we, I, I found out he was going to be somewhere. I knew I was supposed to be there. I go up there. and uh, But here's the thing. In the church bank account that year, in the church bank account, we had like $250. That was, this, was, this was about five or six years ago. We had like $250. The, the place to stay that God told me to stay at, because you're talking about an area that didn't have hotels nearby, the place to stay was $300. I was like, well, I might be fasting. I'm not sure. Well, it was the most, I said, but you know what God told us to go? I told Nicole, I said, I don't care if we have to pay for it out of our own pocket. We're going to be obedient to God. He'll fix it. It'll be okay. We went out there, and uh, all of a sudden I get there. Right as I'm about to leave, just enough money comes in. It handles everything. Right as I'm putting my foot on that water that normally would sink, there was a power that came and held me up out of that water. It was, I'm suffering. I'm winning. I'm going through. It looks like it's bad. looks like you're going to sing. Looks like there's not enough. But God said, say it with me, but God said, but God said, oh, but God said, what's God said to you? Oh, let me tell you, he's got a whole book of promises right here. I found you in the word. You're right here that you win. Not just then, 
but now. You win. Say it with me. Say, I win. I win. Time and time I could tell you story after story, miracle after miracle of God's provision just in the church. That's not including the rest of stuff. And I know a bunch of stories in your life too. Every time when it looked like there was a sinking that could happen, the power and provision of his word stood up and supported us. Amen. And every time when there's a sinking in your life, a suffering in this world because you're in the world but you're not of it, if you know the word of God and you're going on the word of God, right at that moment there'll be a support that comes up supernaturally. Doesn't make sense. Miracle provision. And all of a sudden you'll walk on the water. You'll walk on the water because I'm not going out to suffer and just take it on the chin. No, I'm suffering with the power of Christ, with his glory, with faith, hope, and love, and provision's going to be there. That's what he's been telling us in the whole book. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You're victorious. You're triumphant. I tell you these things so that your joy might be made full. I took these stripes so that you would be divinely healed. I was made poor so that you might be rich. I'll give you the power to get wealth. It may look like you're in a storm. It may look like you're in a dark place. It might look like a desert. But oh, you're carrying something with you because Jesus has paid a price and he's given you an inheritance. And you might not can see it with your eyes, but it's in there. It's in there. An old, old commercial by Ragu. It said, put your nose to the jar. It's in there. The ingredients are in there. Put your nose. It's in there. You have an inheritance. It's in there. Glory to God. Do I have any people that got something inside them today? Oh, yeah, we're going to suffer all right with a laughter on our lips. Then we were like those who dream. Glory to God. Our mouths were filled with laughter, and we had shouts of glorious praise. Put your nose to the jar of the vessel that you are. It's in there. You have an inheritance, a resurrection power that's working on the inside of you. Oh, we're going to suffer right to victory and right at laughing in the devil's face. Anybody want to stuff it to the devil a little bit? You're tired of his junk? Live by faith. Live by faith. Arm yourselves with this revelation knowledge that no matter what I face, because of Jesus, it's in there. Because of Jesus, it's in there. Because of Jesus. Not because we're so great. Yeah, left to ourselves, we are in a world of hurt. But with Jesus, something supernatural happens. But with Jesus, something comes out of us. See, when this becomes your revelation, the devil squeezes you and out comes a suffering of victory. And we arm, an arming happens. All of a sudden the devil squeezes you. All of a sudden the devil squeezes you, puts you in in a place. Maybe, Maybe most of the church that doesn't have revelation of this, maybe they get squeezed and, and they turn over and whimper and say they're doing it for Jesus. But that's not what comes out of you. That's right. What comes out of you is a revelation of who you are in Christ. 
What comes out of you is a revelation of the inheritance you have on the inside of you. The inheritance. Ephesians 1. I pray that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened and open, that you may know the surpassing greatness, surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. In accordance, on the same level that raised Jesus up from the dead, the resurrection power is your inheritance. And where does it go to work? Where is God telling you to go? That's where it'll work. What's God telling you to do? If he's telling you to walk on the water, it'll work on top of the water. If he's telling you to go out to the wilderness, it'll work out there in the wilderness. If he's telling you that it's in the midst of what some people call suffering, it'll work right there too. It'll work right in the midst of what other people fear. But see, we won't fear anymore because we know we have Jesus. and We know who he is. We know that we are his. Oh, it'll work. It'll work. When you think, think you're going to get one salary just enough to get by, all of a sudden it comes up to something supernatural. Amen? Supernatural. Supernatural. Oh, there's a provision. To the world it may not look like enough, but you'll have joy in the midst of it. You won't feel it. No, you won't feel it. There's a power in God. Oh, we're going to suffer all right by laughing in the devil's face as we have a victory. Because we're so good, because we're bringing it to know, because Jesus is so good, because he's paid a price. Paid a price. God's calling you to step through some things. He's calling you to be like those that have hope when others' hopes fail. Other people shrivel and shrink back. That's not who I'm talking to today. I'm talking to the ones who... At, at, the, at the whiff of a challenge, the Holy Ghost rises up inside of them. The Holy Spirit rises up. I'm talking to a people that you know, the Lord will speak to in the middle of the store and say, go share Christ with that person. And the fears of the world... The, that suffering moment will say, oh God, I'm not, I'm not prepared for that. But something will happen on the inside. No, but I was made for this. And Jesus told me to. And so just like Peter, he told me to win souls. He told me to snatch them out of the fires of hell. So just like Peter, when he said, come, Lord, I go, give me the words. Show me what to say. I'm talking about people that don't shrink back from suffering. No, they win through it because of an inheritance on the inside of them. An inheritance. I got through two scriptures out of 19. Y'all suffered and won. <laughs> suffered and won. Glory to God. Just close your eyes for a second. Father, we just praise you. Let's make it about him. Yeah, God wants us to win personally, but let's make it about him because you'll see that the wholeness of this, the end result, is not that we get glory, but that God gives glory. We get to share it with him, but it's time to really focus on what he deserves. 
See, if we shrink back and take it on the chin, God's not getting glory for that. He gets glory when we win for Him and through Him. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Let's overcome the world with our faith. This is the victory. God's leading you to victory. He's always leading you to triumph. God's calling you to do something, to be something different. You know, for every person that's hearing that, that doesn't mean everybody, everybody's called to be a preacher. That's not, as I'm talking about an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. That's not what I'm talking about. Maybe he's just calling you to be a pillar in the church. That's your call. The majority of people are not five-fold ministers. But they are called to be pillars in the house of God. Lord, I'll be strong. I won't be a hassle for pastor with my sin. <laughs> I won't be a hassle. I won't be a weight on them with my sin. No, I think I'll stop that sinning mess. I think I'll win through some sufferings. Put on God. Put on the Spirit of God. And in the midst of persecution and suffering, you'll keep me. Just say it with me real quick. Lord, you will keep me. Yes, he will. He'll keep you. He's keeping you right now. He prayed that it be so to the Father. Did Jesus get his prayers answered? Then you're kept right now as we speak. You might not have known it until this moment. You may have never put faith on that. But I'm telling you, you are kept from the evil one. He repeats it all over the Bible, quenches every fiery dart. No evil will befall you. No plague come near your dwelling. You are kept. Let's put faith towards that in Jesus' name. Lord, we're alive with your anointing in us. Thank you, Father, for your mercy and your grace. Thank you, Lord. I just want to open it up right now. If you're sitting there and, you, and, and this message has moved you in your heart and you recognize, Lord, I've got, to, I've got to step up. It's time for me to not shrink back from the persecution and suffering, but to go through it with a great confidence and a great expectation and joy that's full in my heart. It's time for me to step through it. And you know, and you, you say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me because it's time to take it to a different level. If that's you, I, want, I invite you to come up right now. I want to pray for you. I want to anoint you with oil. It's time to go through with the fullness of what God has. The fullness of what he has. The fullness in Jesus' name. It's time to go. I believe that who's standing up here right now, your life is changing forever. Your life is changing forever. Hey, your life is changing forever. Yeah, Lord, we're going through. We're not suffering like the world. No. We're suffering in the victory of Jesus. We're winning in the midst despite the world. We're winning despite the world. A good definition of suffering. We're winning despite 
what would be poured out, despite what the devil tries. Oh, we're winning despite it. <laughs> yeah, that's biblical suffering. Ha! In the name of Jesus, despite all the attacks, all the things that could come up, despite it, in the name of Jesus, you win. Despite it, you win. Despite it, you win. Despite it, you win. Despite it, you win. Despite the attacks. Hey, hear that? Despite the attacks, despite the mess, in the middle of it, oh, with joy, with great joy on your heart, with great joy on, in your mouth, with great joy, despite the darkness, you walk on top of it. In Jesus' name. Despite it. Oh, fidikilamose. Hoo, yeah, despite it. <laughs> despite it in Jesus' name, glory to God. A joy, a joy, a joy. <laughs> I just see a joy coming over you in Jesus' name. Oh, what a joy. What an exaltation. What a praise that will come out of your house in Jesus' name. Oh, the joy. Despite it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hoo, hoo, hoo. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've seen, oh, we got a joy on the inside of us now. Oh, we got a victory on the inside of us now. In the name of Jesus. On your stomach. Lord, fill her up out of her belly will flow rivers of living water. Now don't pray for just a second, just receive. Say this, say, Lord, I receive your fullness now. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet, a fire that helps her walk through despite the challenges. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Despite it. Despite it. <laughs> despite the darkness, despite the attacks, despite the background, despite the past, I'm going through. You're going through in Jesus' name, and it'll be on your lips. I'm going through to a victory. I have the victory now. I'm not waiting on it. I have it now. I have it now. I have it in me, in an inheritance, in an inheritance, a great surpassing power along the lines of resurrection resurrection power. I have it. Yeah, I hear, I hear you saying it, confessing it. Oh, I'm going through. Despite it, despite it, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, 
In Jesus' name. Yeah, healed and whole in the name of Jesus. Despite it, completely different outlook on life. Completely different. What used to be is no longer in Jesus' name. Oh, despite it. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Ha, ha, ha. Just say this with me. Say, Lord, I lay aside all the old thinking, all of the soulish, and I live by the Spirit of God only from this day forward. And you will strengthen me and empower me to win despite it. Yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. Despite it. Yeah, despite it. Say it with me. Say despite it. Despite the darkness. Despite the pressure. Despite the attacks. Oh, yeah, despite it, you win, you win, you win. Yeah, despite it, even now things are coming to life that you've seen promised and didn't know how they were going to happen. Even now, despite it, you win in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah, just say, Lord, I receive in Jesus' name. Despite it, hey, despite it, yeah, live this way uh, for a while, but no longer. Living by the Spirit of God, living by the Spirit. Sometimes we live a little bit by the Spirit and a lot by the flesh. Sometimes a half by the Spirit and a half by the flesh. But no, we're moving on now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're moving on. Living fully by the Spirit, despite the attacks, despite the pressure. Oh, you win. Yeah, thank you, Father. You win. You win. It's in Him. It's not in all the things you can think of or come up with in your head. No, it's just in Him. In Him, you live and move and have your being. Oh, yeah, let it be now in Jesus' name. Let it be now. Yeah, despite it. Say it with me, despite it. Thank you, Lord. Despite it. Yeah, just receive right now. Thank you, Father. So de Kodomoso. Sufre me aoba of e Kodomosa. Thank you for your anointing right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for your help. So kodumkidimeste. Yeah, despite it. Let that anointing be imparted to win through the suffering and persecution in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. That anointing's flowing into you now. Thank you, Lord. Everything that's not of you, Jesus is Lord of this body, of this mind, of this life. Jesus is Lord. Lord, anything that stands in the way, loose your grip and be removed now in Jesus' name. Because despite it, he wins. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your help. Lord, we need your help. We can't do it by ourselves. We need your help. Thank you, Lord, for your help. Right now, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for your help. Hoo hoo, Freda Kennedy. 
Yeah, his precious love. Let his love flood you. Let his love flood you right now. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Flood him, Lord. Flood him. Flood him, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Yeah, despite it. Say it with me. Despite it. Despite it. And the world will look on and say, what in the world are they laughing at? Don't they know how bad they got it? No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't know that. What I know is the glory of God. What I know is His grace, is His power, is His love. In Jesus' name, <laughs> despite it. Oh, God had another plan. He had another plan. Oh, the devil tried to sink you. He tried to bury you in the darkness. He tried to bury you in the darkness. But God had another plan. <laughs> despite it. Yeah, thank you, Father. Despite it. Despite it. Despite it, holy little Harado Koda de Hey, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, despite it. Despite it. Despite it. Despite it, Pahata Kororo. Dovro Kororo, Badoro Kodonom stay. Yeah. They did a Kodon Anianta, half Rodoro. As you step into this next phase of your life, don't you pull back. Don't draw back. Don't draw back. Don't draw back. Don't draw back. Ho ho fidikidade. No, just like I was with Peter on the water, I'll ask you to do things that look beyond you because they are beyond you, but they're not beyond me. Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, anoint her to walk through, despite it, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that in this world, yeah, we'll face suffering. We'll face persecution. <laughs> but that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the story. But here's the rest of the story. Jesus wins. We win through him, through his glory, and by his grace. Father, despite it, despite it, we step in and do the supernatural by Jesus, by his Holy Spirit. We do the supernatural. Let the supernatural be now in Jesus' name. Let the supernatural be now in our lives. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. And we receive that now. I want everybody here just to pray this right now. Just bow your heads. Just say, Jesus, I hand you my life. 
I'm yours. You are the Lord of my life. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. And if you lead me not to, I will not do those things. I believe that God brought you back to life. And when he raised you up, he raised me up. I'm not in that place of death. I'm not in that place with a lack of hope. No, despite the darkness, I have hope. I have faith. And I walk it out in Jesus' name. Jesus, baptize me with the Holy Spirit so that I can be empowered to live your way. Baptize me with the fire of God, the all-consuming fire to quench sin and to be a light in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, for your goodness. And Father, we thank you that you are breaking us into a new realm of your glory. Father, we thank you that if there's a door that we can see and you've brought us in front of it, Lord, if we knock, you will open it. So we thank you that you are opening a door to realms of heaven that we haven't ever seen before but we are seeing it. We will see it because you have authored it. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the goodness of God in the land of the living. We thank you, Lord, that this is not the only time this week we see it. We continue to see your goodness throughout the course of this week, and we thank you for the celebration that this upcoming Sunday service will be. Lord, it's not going to be small. It's going to be big. Let this just be the appetizer of what you're doing this upcoming Sunday, and let it build and build and build throughout this week. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being here today, guys. Before we dismiss, refresher of all the things that are happening this week. Ladies' night is tomorrow, and I have it on pretty good authority. It's going to be a fun one because I'm not going to tell you why, but it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> tomorrow at 6 p.m. at Pizantica, we get to have pizza, and I mean, amen. That's really all that we need. The ladies get to go eat pizza. Amen. <laughs> um, Mother's Day service on May 9th. Y'all, somehow it's... May this week. I don't know how. It's going to be May this week. That's crazy. But Mother's Day is in two weeks. So make sure that you invite your mamas. We're going to have a free photo booth here. It's going to be all pretty and fun. And we're going to have fun stuff for the ladies. It's going to be great. So that's May 9th. And then Holy Spirit service is coming up. But this upcoming week, what's happening? What's happening Sunday? Brother Tracy's coming to boomerang. Oh, he's like, he's like spiritual grandpa. It's, it's so exciting. Like pastor's dad, but then brother Tracy comes. It's like grandpa's home. And whenever, here's the thing. Those of you who are grandparents or who have grandparents, when do you get like the most spoiled? At your grandpa's house. Grandpa's coming to boomerang. Like brother Tracy's coming to boomerang. Our spiritual grandpa's going to be here and he's coming with presents for each and every single one 
one of you. Legitimately, that's what it's going to be like. This upcoming Sunday, 6 p.m. here at Boomerang. You're not going to want to miss it. Invite the people you know. It's going to be a power-packed service. So circle it. Be here. It's going to be great. We love you. We're going to see you next Sunday morning and Sunday night and all the times in between. We love you. Be blessed and have a good Sunday. Thank you.